0: She's Sean, Jay, Will, and Max—the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. Sean, Jay, Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM channel eighty. Your podcasters, smart speakers. Were presented by Progressive Insurance. Cowboys lost to the Chiefs yesterday. Uh, but there was another NFC East team whose quarterback stepped up in a big way. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles beat the Saints 40 to 29 yesterday. Hurts rushing for three touchdowns. Boy, if you have that dude in daily fantasy, here's his head coach. But they're still not, by the way, and now they're going to start charging you real money for him on daily fantasy, unfortunately. <laughs> And by the way, Nick Sirianni and the team, I thought was such a mess. It was hard to evaluate Jalen Hurts early, but uh it's getting easier to. Here's head coach Nick Sirianni on how special his quarterback is.
1: Jalen is a special uh player that forces defenses to play different. Um you know, and so you know, you look at you look at the the, the tape and and again, I, I think I told you guys early in the week that, you know, you look at the stats, you look at where they are, you look at their defense, but you also want to do what you do well. And so, you know, we know we've been running the ball well, and, uh, and it's, just, it's a little different when Jalen's in there. And so, you know, you try to look at some teams that they've played that are, are similar to that, um, but you want to make them stop that, what you do well first, and, and that's definitely what we, our goal was
0: uh, going out there. So here's the question, pretty straightforward, key has Jalen solidified himself as the Eagles, not the starting quarterback, but the franchise quarterback going forward?
2: Well, I don't know that when you say franchise quarterback going forward, are we talking beyond three years? Yeah, I'm saying the Eagles ain't thinking about it. I think that's a
0: good amount of time. Next three, seed, like you've seen enough where you're like, yeah, well, I'm not drafting a quarterback anytime soon, all those resources, as they have been, by the way. The Eagles have been putting their resources – into things other than quarterback. They've shown a lot of confidence in Jalen
2: Hurts. Does that continue going forward at least, say, three years? Yeah, I think so because he's only going to get better with time. They're not hunting anything in the draft. They're not hunting backup quarterbacks in the National Football League. If you are going to do anything to upgrade that position, that means that you are a Super Bowl-winning team right now in the one part, one position that's holding you back as quarterback. So you're going to go get Deshaun Watson. You're going to go get – uh, Aaron Rodgers, you're going to try and trade for that type of quarterback, which you know they're not there yet as a unit. So I don't see why you wouldn't allow a young man to grow with the team. In two, three years from now, people will be wanting to trade you for him. Well, how, what do you think Jalen Hurts's
0: ceiling is, Jay? Like in the, in the ceiling. Let me put it another way: what when we talk about buckets of quarterbacks? Like what tier? And, yeah, what tier? And Key will say, okay, but Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, I'm going to put them aside because they're different. Does Jalen Hurts potentially – does he have the potential to, to get into that bucket? Is he potentially an elite bucket? Is he at the top of the I, second bucket? I don't Where? know if
3: he would be in a bucket with Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. I think those guys from an athletic perspective – I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts is not athletic, but there they are levels mm-hmm. to this, right? Mm-hmm. I think Kyler Murray and Lamar are in a different level – Will he be in that first tier of quarterbacks ever? I don't know when that level, that standard is set by Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and that upper tier. But would he have a chance to be higher on that second tier of quarterbacks? Yeah. And those are championship potential quarterbacks. Right. No, I'm, Key, I
0: can already hear you saying you can win a championship with this guy. But no, what, can. yes. what do you think his seal, like what
2: level of quarterback are we talking here? Well, he's in the, he's in the second bucket of the special category with Kyler Murray and, mm. and Lamar Jackson, but he's in that second bucket of that. I see.
3: Oh, okay. So, so now
2: we got multiple. I see. So, so
0: basically really fast quarterbacks who can also really throw, you're going to put in a separate bucket and say, let's start another tier because, because he's well, yeah, not because Lamar. He's, not, or, or he's not,
2: he's not Lamar Kyler yet. Mm-hmm. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Is it safe to say he's going to be he's better not, than Tua Tungavailoa? Yes, he's better than two of me right now. Right, and that's right the guy now. who took his job in college. Well, that was the guy who they gave the job to. Is he better than Daniel Jones? Don't just gloss over that. Okay, gave the job to. Understand. Yeah, just don't want you. And by the way,
0: and then Jalen Hurts went to a very successful college program and put up big numbers. So, but, but, but he did lose. Okay. Whatever they gave, (laughs) you know, like he did lose the job, brother. Like, you know, they, they gave when you give it to someone else,
2: you lost it. So handed it to Tua, Um, but, but he's in that category where that style of quarterbacking. Can win a lot of games in this league and potentially win a Super Bowl.
0: Is he better than Daniel Jones? For different quarterbacks, different styles. So so they're comparable, but but in other words, I'm trying to gauge value where he is, at least in his own division.
2: Dax. I number don't know. One. I don't know that the New York Giants would like Jalen Hurts' style.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you? Let's say you ran a team. You want Daniel Jones yeah, or Jalen Hurts?
2: I don't have a problem with Jalen Hurts. I like that style. But I also like Daniel Jones' style. Mm-hmm. So but that, I also like personality-wise what Jalen Hurts is. I don't like dry personalities at the quarterback position. I don't need, oh, i just bring my lunch pail to work and just play. That doesn't do it for me. You, you know I what I noticed about work. the Eagles' offense,
0: and this may not be fair because a lot, they seem to respond to everyone but Wentz after a while. But but they responded to him. like I saw the whole team get juiced when they put Jalen Hurts in instead of Wentz. I saw the whole team, offense and defense, seem to come alive. And you're saying that that has something to do with personality?
2: A lot of it does. When you see people, they like, they really want to play with this dude. Like, oh, yeah, I want to play with him. I like him. You can see there's some snack, crackle, pop. There's some ump to it. People get up for that. They get hyped. They get excited. Uh, When Cam Newton came back to the Carolina Panthers, it, it just took on a different life for that football team. They're one and one. Obviously he had a terrific game against Washington football team, but also McCaffrey had a really good game. Like you could just see it was a different uh, uh, life that was breathed into that offense. And I think that's the same way with Jalen hurts is you get a guy like that. And all of a sudden, everybody feels different. Justin, Fields. The offense felt different with him opposed to Andy. A catalyst.
0: A catalyst. Jay. A guy who we all know this in different walks of life. You could have. By the way, you could have a family get together, and there's that one family member who's like people talk about the life of the party, right? Or or a job you go to. There's there's there are personalities that act as catalysts, Mm -hmm. and part of it's because what they bring to the table. In whatever endeavor, in this case, physically, athletically, part of it is other things. You see that
3: with Jalen Hurts. I do. He's he's a bona fide leader, and also, you know, doing my reading this morning, listening to a lot of pressers and what a lot of individuals said throughout the league. Saints defensive end Cameron Jordan made a comment that was so fascinating to me because one of the quarterback, one of the guys, asked him about if Hurts presents some of the same issues as a typical running quarterback. And Key, you know where my, my typical running quarterback goes. But uh, he said, I wouldn't call him typical at all. I mean, he's as shifty as they come, and he, his speed is off the charts. He's probably as close to Michael Vick with that elusive speed. Hmm. How deadly he is is on another level. Hmm. So when people start comparing you to Michael Vick from a football perspective, and, you know, look, Key can talk more about that from spending time around Michael Vick, but that, that's a pretty high echelon to be put in that same category.
2: Yeah, it it Vic was one of the first to do it, but prior to Vic there was people like Randall Cunningham that did it early with the Eagles and so you you start to see the waves, the Kaepernicks of the World when he was playing in the NFL have a certain unique ability to Cam Newton's, a unique ability to kind of impose their personality or their will onto teammates along with their abilities. They do it differently. As I always say, traditionally, if I told you that Jalen Hurts threw for what was it, 150 yards, touchdown, another touchdown on the ground, another 75 yards on the ground, you go, oh yeah, they won. But if I get if I combine them same numbers in the air and said that Tom Brady threw for that and he two touchdowns, you'd be like, oh man, he had a really good game, because that's what you used to seeing. Yeah. And when it becomes something different and it's split up, you can't appreciate Lamar Jackson accounting for 5,600 yards of total offense in a single season, but if Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 5,600 yards, and you would go crazy.
0: Yeah, look, the bottom line about Jalen Hurts, they didn't make certain moves that they could have to bring in help for Carson Wentz because they wanted Jalen Hurts. He flashed when he first got uh, uh, some a look, you know, there were games, especially the Arizona game last year against Kyler Murray the draft to get. Him. Yep. Yep. Especially the Arizona game against Kyler Murray. I looked at it and I thought, Oh, wait a minute. This guy has something. And then with guys who have that kind of ability, it's an issue of, can they do it consistently? Then this year we saw new head coach, new system. It looked a mess. They weren't running the ball a lot. They weren't giving them the best chance to win, but gradually they started doing those things and it looks to me like they have a keeper. The question is, can they actually compete with the Cowboys? Because that is that—that's the team you're going to have to compete with in the NFC East. Does the outcome of yesterday's game make you feel any different about Dallas and the Eagles' chances in that division? Does the outcome of yesterday's game make you feel that way at all, uh, Key?
2: Um. No, I I still feel like Kansas City's the cream of the crop of the AFC, and the Dallas Cowboys are right there with Green Bay and Arizona. Um, The Cowboys, for instance, are going to run away with the division. Mm -hmm. The Eagles can compete, but they're not at the same level as the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are fully healthy. It's just – they're not. And and I like the way Jalen Hurts is playing and 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 uh you know, I I just I, I like him. I like what they're doing. I think they figured out some stuff on the offensive side of the ball. But the Cowboys are in a different class. But they what just about went this? up what against about this, the Keith? Kansas
0: City Chiefs. What about this real quick, okay? It's Thanksgiving. It's short rest. You got a team you're supposed to beat. They look like they're in free fall on the Raiders. But you know how this is the way that life in the NFL is. Raiders are thinking, we got to get a win here somewhere. It's a short
2: week. Some funky things can happen. You lose to the Raiders somehow, right? Then that's a that's a that's lapse a in judgment. That'll be a lapse in judgment. If you go out there and you lose to the Raiders just because it's a short week and you may not have C.D. Lamb and you may not – you may ain't come to think of they might they're not gonna have Amari Cooper either. You're not gonna have CeeDee Lamb or Mari Cooper. I'm mm-hmm. thinking CeeDee Lamb because the concussion protocol probably won't be cleared. Um but you shouldn't lose to the Raiders. If they did, though. I mean let's so put it this keys, way stranger come, things have happened.
3: Just real quick. No, I know. They could you they could lose. There's no question about it. So for the Cowboys, Raiders I, I don't think this is gonna happen, but Raiders at Saints, at Washington football, at Giants, and Washington football Cardinals and at Eagles. And then the, we talk about the, the Eagles, though, at Giants, at Jets, Washington football team. But to me, Jay, Giants, you're, skipping,
0: you're skipping ahead. I'm just like, yes, you're right. You're like, look, I'm, just, I'm just saying, if the Eagles
3: beat the Giants,
0: which could easily happen, and they're Eagles six have and an six, easier
3: six. Schedule, that's what I'm trying to Yeah, say. yeah, yeah. A I, lot I, easier yeah, of yeah. schedule.
0: But like, just think of how we're going to be feeling if if they lose to the Raiders, seven and four, and the Eagles are sitting at six and six.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, Lewis Riddick is ready. On if, first of all, Lewis Riddick. Is always ready. ESPN Monday Night Football on the Goodyear Hotline. Mm-hmm. Lou, thanks for jo- jumping on with us. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. No problem. Is Jalen Hurts the long-term answer for the Eagles?
1: Yeah, it's definitely trending that way, isn't it? I mean, you can't ask him to do any more than really what he is doing relative to where this team is as far as it's built out under its new head coach. The head coach starting to learn Jalen, Jalen learning the head coach, then figuring out that offensively the run game needs to be more a more integral part of this team as opposed to what it looked like when we did them. We did their game against uh, you know Dallas all the way back in week three. This looks like a totally different football team, and it looks like as they're developing, they're winning. As they're getting to know each other from the player uh, player perspective, coaching perspective, they're winning. Those are all great things, and as it pertains to Jalen himself, look, right here, I mean, they've got, what, two games, and they have their bye, and then they've got a four-game sprint all in the division. You wind up sweeping, especially that, that last month. You wind up beating Washington on the road, Giants on the road, Washington at home, Dallas at home. Yeah, I think he will set himself up perfectly and give them a lot of flexibility as far as how they use all those number one draft picks they have in the 2022 draft. So, yeah, he's sitting pretty. He's played this perfectly. Everybody's benefiting right now.
2: Let me ask you this, to Lewis. Why is there still a question? Mm-hmm. Is it because they have three number one picks? Because we see players in this league, at quarterback especially, yep. In a half, you know, 12 games he's played or whatever it's been in his career. And we've seen 12 games of other quarterbacks in this league. And we say that that's the future of the team, which the future to me is only, I take it in three, three three-year windows. I can't take it in Mm -hmm. 10-year windows. Three-year windows. But there's always this hesitancy when surrounding Jalen Hurts to say, well, he's their quarterback until such due time. They find a star that may land in their lap via trade, Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, which only makes sense. But as far as anything else that's out there, why not Jalen Hurts?
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a number of different things. I think one because of the fact that he didn't come into the program, and when you and let me back up, let me say this: when we say we, there's a big difference between what we are talking about and what they may be talking about internally. We don't know what they're talking about internally. So when you say we, what we're talking about is, in general, the the conversation around Jalen Hurts is when you try and splice together all the information coming out of there, the information that leaks out of Philly, you know, their supposed pursuit of Deshaun Watson and all that, oh, they don't think he's really a franchise quarterback right now. We don't really know that. But we, we, we should say this, though, about him, you just brought it up. He doesn't have even a full season worth of starts yet, and I know that certain people get labeled franchise quarterbacks with less on their resume. Yes, but I think it's also because it's also because of where they start. Meaning, maybe they're a top ten pick in the first round, had a lot of hype coming out of college about the fact that this guy's prototype, blah blah blah, whatever it is. You know, so a lot of times how people look at you is based upon where you start in the beginning, how you would you come into the league with in terms of fanfare and hype and all that. Jalen didn't come into the league with a lot of hype. As a matter of fact, many people thought that Eagles shouldn't even have taken him in the second round. They thought it was a wasted pick. So he's already operating from a deficit in terms of earning people's respect and earning people's ability to say, well, he has a legitimate shot to be a franchise guy. So everyone's going to, every time he does something bad or has a bad game or struggles, they're going to say, see? Yeah. That's why he wasn't a top pick. Every time he yeah. has a good game, it's like, well, okay, I need to see more. Well, that's not quite it. Well, that that's why. And that we know that's BS, but that's the way it works. That's the way that's the way the conversation goes. And that's what he's always been fighting against. But with every performance that he puts together, and as they keep winning, that'll start shifting. And then you'll start hearing this. Well, I always liked him when he was at Oklahoma. I always liked you. He was always good at Alabama. I I remember when I said one time that he was this, you know, you know how that crap goes. Uh, no, I, I it's know. Coming. I had to get it. It's I just, coming.
2: I just it's had coming. to ask you because I, I respect, yeah. I respect your, your insight as to, uh, you know, front office and seeing things like I see it, and I just wanted oh. to make oh, sure, yeah. Jay, that we were right.
3: I'm with oh, you. Oh, it's coming. It's coming, Lewis. It's time for the Monday Night Football preview, which is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What do you expect to see from Saquon Barkley's first game back tonight against the Bucks, Bro,
1: I'm glad you asked me that. This kid is hyped. Not kid. This young man is hyped. He's ready to go. He's excited. You're talking about a dude who came into the league, and look, there, there's no question. Saquon is unique. We throw around the term transcendent generational like we throw around, like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, like we throw around free candy. Saquon is that he is unique. He is generational, big, powerful, can catch the ball out of the backfield, smart, tough, compa- all that. Comes in the league with that, then he gets hurt. Then he comes back against New Orleans a couple of weeks ago, about six weeks ago. You see them go down to New Orleans and punch New Orleans right in the mouth and win the football game on the road. And all their big three, him, Andrew Thomas, Daniel Jones, they all play their behind off. And, you, and the Giants are thinking, man, we're on our way. Comes out the next week, he steps on a guy's foot. His ankle swells up the size of a damn bowling ball. He emotionally has been through a ton. A ton. He knows what the expectations are. He knows what people are saying about him. Shouldn't have been drafted number two overall. Never drafted a running back that high. Man, the Giants need to fire everybody because they never should have taken a running back. He's brittle. He's not durable. He can't do it. He's hurt all that. He's put himself through the mental grinder. He's worked his way back. Tonight, I expect this young man to go off and go and do it with a with an explosion of not just physical, not just a physical demonstration, but I expect you to see an emotional demonstration similar to what you saw against New Orleans when he he went crazy in that game, man. And you saw him from a leadership perspective showing the kind of emotion that you typically don't associate with Saquon Barkley. Lou, He's ready to roll. Lou. when This you, is going to be a good game tonight.
0: Talking to Louis Riddick, uh, ESPN Monday Night Football Analyst, of course. By the way, the Monday Night Preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto home or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Lou, the Giants fans uh, among, the, among mm-hmm. the critics of Saquon Barkley, who I agree mm-hmm. was unique. in like, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's ever been a running back prospect like that at that size with that speed, mm-hmm. elusiveness, catching ability, the whole thing will say, mm-hmm. but he doesn't run between the tackles. It's never north-south. Mm-hmm. It's always bouncing to the outside and say that they want a running back some you know, with more kind of reliable returns. What is your response right. to that? Does he, does he do that well enough? Does he do it enough? Should he do it more? All that.
1: You know, see, people want people to just kind of like die on the shield. You know, like go in there and get two yards in a cloud that doesn't do it with – the kind of macho that we want because that's football, rah, 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 you know? Look, wait a minute. The game of football, especially with running backs, is about getting four-plus, getting five-plus, getting and producing explosive plays, moving the chain, however it is that you need to move the chain. And there's more than just running the ball between the tackles. There's catching the ball out of the backfield. There's, pass, there's a number of different things that this guy does exceptionally well. No, he doesn't run the football like Derrick Henry. That's not his deal. It's, it's not. Even at 235, 240, it's not his deal. Can he go in between the tackles and get the tough yardage? Yeah. But do, would you like for him to run the halfback screen to split out wide like Marshall Falcon catch the five yard hitch or the go route down the sideline against the linebacker or a corner and then outrun out him with his 4 3 and produce plus 70 yard you know, touchdowns? Yeah, he can do that. And he has done that. And he'll do it again. I wouldn't be shocked if he does it tonight, multiple times. People kinda you know, people get caught up in the aesthetics of how the game is played based upon what they're used to seeing or what they prefer, and don't really look at efficiency when it comes to players. And and a lot of times, look, that that's the wrong thing to do. We know it's the wrong thing to do, but we're human beings and we like what we like. All right. Everybody has their own opinion about what they think a good football player is supposed to look like at every position. Just know this. Saquon Barkley is a freak. He's different. He just needs to stay healthy. He didn't mean to step on somebody's foot. He didn't try to do that on purpose. It's not because he's injury-prone that he stepped on a guy's foot and rolled his ankle over and almost damn near broke it. That's not because he's injury-prone. That's just a freak. That's just bad luck. But he's ready to roll. Andrew Thomas is ready to roll, it seems like. Daniel Jones is ready to roll. Kenny Galladay is ready to roll. Evan Ingram will be out there. John Ross will be out there. This is a big game for the Giants tonight. They have a golden opportunity to hand Tampa Bay and hand Tom Brady his first three you know uh, his first three game losing streak in his career. Well,
0: that's an incredible Let's see what happens. twenty years. Louis Riddick, ESPN, Monday Night Football Analyst. Thank you as always, Lou. All right, Lou, you got it, All right, Lou. Thanks. Okay. Two teams that made Jay literally you could check out uh, well, I guess you'll see it on the podcast, you could see I don't know where you could see it. You could probably see it on social media. (laughs) He put a paper bag on his head. Two teams made Jay put a paper bag on his head today. We'll tell you who they are next on Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. were presented by Progressive Insurance. All phone guests on the Goodyear hotline. All right, there were two NFL teams that made J. Will put a paper bag on his head after their performances uh, yesterday. Literally, you could see it on the simulcast earlier today. Shot cuts to J. Got a paper bag with a frowny face. And these two names printed on the bag, J. Name those two teams and why are you so down on them?
3: Uh, first off, <sighs> Key was right. Very much hurts me to say that, Max. I don't like saying that all the time. Well, you uh, say it a lot on this show. No, I do not. <laughs> I won't even. repeat No, it. I do not. Um, but he was right about the Titans, about their real eight and two record. The loss, the loss to the Texans was embarrassing. It was. Me uh, to the Colts. To what? Oh, I me? Mean, you talking about the Titans? Let I me talk, man. Bills. No, let man, me talk. I, just, you know, I got I know it. You
2: got two losses today. Yesterday, so I'm just, you know,
3: <laughs> it, it was just embarrassing, man. Watching a game from the start, Ryan Tannehill was just awful. Tyrod Taylor, they were able to do whatever they wanted, and you're sitting there saying, "It's the Texans, guys. It's the Texans." Like the Titans, people. I've been fighting for you. You've had some incredible wins over the Colts over the Chiefs, over the Bills, regardless of how it's happened. You've had legitimate wins. People have been trying to delegitimize, de-legitimize you. Can't even say that. Delegitimize. Word. Delegitimize you. Delegitimize. Delegitimize you for losing Derek Henry, but you still kept it up, and then that happened. So, okay, he was right on that one. I take my lump. Yay. But then to watch what happened <laughs> to the Buffalo Bills at home. That was
0: the one-two. That was the, the two behind the one-two that really hurt you, and he was right about that one, huh?
3: Yeah. Well, it's like Jonathan Taylor goes for five touchdowns in the five, physical, TDs. five TDs. No player in Colts history has ever done that. And they do it in Buffalo. And just let me tell you, some of my friends are from Buffalo, and all this talk about them doing a whole new stadium and they want to do a dome. And I'm sitting there saying, well, outside, it's raining, it's cold. This should go for the Buffalo Bills, comp- considering Indianapolis plays in a dome. Yeah. They play in a dome. And they got punished that way. They got blitzed that way at home. At home, Max. This is how warped
0: I am nowadays, And then how they
3: lost two weeks prior to the Jags on the road. It's just...
0: Inexcusable losses. Two inexcusable losses. Inexplicable losses. Yeah, you can't even explain them. This is how warped I am nowadays, Key, with all this. All I can think of is five TDs, man. Why didn't I take them in Daily Fantasy? (laughs) Ah, there's five TDs. You know how many Daily Fantasy points that is right off the bat? Uh, Key, which of these teams that Jay is lamenting, the Bills or the Titans, do you think is more likely to turn things around?
2: I think it's more, I think it's more likely for me when you say turn it around, you mean like make a run in the playoffs yeah. or win a division because the Bills need to turn it around. The Titans got a little bit of a cushion, right? They can afford to drop one or two more before they start to, you know, start to feel a little bit of pressure. That's not the case with the Buffalo Bills because Bill Belichick in his company in New England is sitting right there with them, although they're basically even. one one New England's played one more game than Buffalo. They got to see each other twice before the end of the season. The only difference is, is that uh, Buffalo, I believe, I believe Buffalo beat Miami already, and that wasn't the case for New England. So Buffalo kind of got that ahead of them but as as time yeah, goes too. on those things will even out and it'll come down to buffalo versus new england in the two games that they play so buffalo needs to turn it around quickly before it goes south but, but on key, them in a heartbeat but key that's the
0: answer to the question who needs to turn it around uh, what who do you think will and when i say turn it around i
2: mean well not, i think oh, okay. play their good best football basically i think it's i think it's i think i'm leaning toward the Bills, because the Bills mm-hmm. actually beat Buffalo, uh, beat Miami twice. I'm going to correct that—not once, but twice already. So they kind of got that when where New England lost to them once. But I think it's the Bills. I think is, the is Bills that? have. Uh-huh. I think the Bills have the opportunity to turn it around. They got a they got a nice running game, quarterbacks, some, some offense in terms of uh, the receivers and Diggs and Beasley and those guys and Samuel. Uh, but I think that from a defensive standpoint, they've got to get better. Leslie Frazier, along with Sean McDermott, has to do a better job of the defense closing things out and not just anointing them based on them playing against subpar quarterbacks. Um, This is the first time, I think, this year that you would consider them playing against a loaded quarterback, but the quarterback wasn't the key to this game. It was the running game of Jonathan Taylor, but remember when Frank Reich was on with us, their offense goes through Jonathan Taylor, even though we wanted to go through Wentz. When Taylor is playing the way he's playing, Wentz is able to do some of the things that he was capable of doing against Buffalo. But, so, uh, All right.
0: I think people want to squint and look at Josh Allen and see Patrick Mahomes. I do not think he's Patrick Mahomes. No, but he's, I do think he's a good he But I do think he's better than Tannehill. I think he has more yes. upside. He's bigger, more physical, he's bigger a better. Arm, he's a better, better quarterback than
2: Tannehill. Okay,
0: so is that really what we're like – otherwise, these are two fairly well-rounded teams. The Titans' defense had stepped up in that winning streak in a way that was surprising because coming into the season, on paper, didn't have a great defense. Their defense stepped up. We know they can run the ball. We know they can – they have some receivers, although they're banged up right now. Tannehill is solid, as you would say, solid and sound and everything, and he's athletic. But is the difference really here, the quarterbacks? Because I do believe in the Bills, and I believe in them because I think Josh Allen is better than just an average quarterback. He's got something
2: extra. You no, know, I think I think it's the quarterback. I think I personally think that the Bills receivers are better than the Titans receivers. Um, I think that their passing game is better. And, you know, I I believe that the Bills, having gotten there a year ago, could potentially make some noise if they win their division. If they don't win the division and they let New England take the division from them, they're going to have to go on the road if they make the playoffs every single time. I mean, I think that's going to be hard.
3: Key, here's why I worried about the Bills. And, you know, watching the Raiders game last night, I'm like, God, man, in similar ways, I know the Raiders lose Henry Ruggs. But this aspect of both teams is comparable to me, where both teams become very one-dimensional. And if you if you look at the Bills, last night was another example of how they became one dimensional. I mean, granted, they played behind, but still like their their running game at times just seems inept, right? It, it seems a little bit inept at times. And then they get out physical. Do you heard Dan Orlovsky talk about that in the first hour here with us? Just the way they punished them with their running game, the way Jonathan Taylor was able to punish them and run in between the tackles whenever they wanted to. It makes me think that some of those numbers are inflated due to the competition in which they play, considering they were the number one defense. And then watching the other aspect of it, you're just like, all right, well, you, you just can't win when you just drop back and you throw the ball from the pocket all day every day. And that's what they revert back to.
2: Yeah, I, I just – when you when you look at defensive numbers or offensive numbers that's inflated, you have to look at everything in context. When are these things occurring? When are these happening? What type of team are they playing against? What is our – offense doing is our offense up to the point where the opposing team abandons the run and they're just starting to throw the ball everywhere so we look really great in the pass game on defense or vice versa in the running game on defense where we are or or the team's up and they just want to run 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 and we're stuffing the run but they don't care because they're so up on us big when you start looking at numbers and stuff in all sports I think people don't look at it in context, the first thing they do is they go to a box score and they start talking about, what well, the analytics says this, and the numbers say that. It's like, well, how did they get to that number? It's, it's, it's one of those deals where there's a number of wide receivers in the National Football League with pretty good numbers. When are they getting those numbers? you got to contextualize. They them, exactly are they right getting now. them right before the half mm-hmm. and at the end of the game because they're losing a lot? If you look at bad teams, a lot of bad teams got good receivers with good numbers because of when they're throwing the ball.
0: Yeah, that analytics, in fact, see, in fact, seeks to answer the very question that you're talking about, Key, to, to give you numbers that are contextualized. That's, that's what it seeks to do. doesn't always succeed, but it seeks to c- contextualize things, give you numbers that are important, figure out what to look for. Like you said, if that means high leverage moments, does someone or a team have the ability – is it a repeatable ability – like, is it luck or can they actually do it? That's what it really seeks to do. And, in and so,
2: when I look at good defenses, for instance, or or my own self playing football, good defenses. When I was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, our defense was good because when people needed to play catch up with us, we smack them yeah, upside good the good.
0: head. Yep. You know. Yep. Giants versus Bucks tonight on Monday Night Football. Tell you who we like and whether the Giants will get smacked up the uh, you know upside the head. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Willimax on ESPN Radio. Guys, we got Giants-Bucks tonight, 8.15 p.m. Of course, it's Monday Night Football. It is on ESPN. Key? Yo. (laughs) I'm trying not to laugh as I ask the question. Who do you
2: like in this one? Who do you like more, the Giants or the Buccaneers? I, I like the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. I'd be a damn fool to take the Giants. Man, <laughs> Giants are cool. They got a bunch of pieces back. We'll see. We we'll say, you know what's so funny about the Giants though? They'll get everybody back then everybody'll get hurt. Come on, man. Yo, why I'm can't come just, on, he, 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 man. Here's come a real on, question. Man. Here's a
0: real question. Why is it some teams seem snake bit by injury? Is it random or is there something more to it?
2: No, it's just that's just what it is. I mm-hmm. think it just happens. It's not it's not superstitious. It's not snake bitten. It's not somebody has a Black cat and a voodoo dog. But what about like a bad stuff? training staff, or you draft the wrong well, types of players? On, or- it depends on what the the injuries are. Right. It depends on what the injuries are. If if it's if it's people getting their knees twisted in the turf, things like that, that has nothing to do with the training staff. Soft tissue injuries are usually training staff questions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Giants just do seem snake. And by the way, a guy like Saquon, now for different reasons, but I look at a guy like. Zion in the NBA. Uh-huh. Now, I understand Saquon's going to keep himself in absurd shape. I'm just saying there are some dudes whose who's, the thing that is so uh, intriguing about their potential is the same reason you go, I wonder if they could stay healthy. It's like, Jay, too much force for the human body. You know, Saquon's got some – dude is – 233 running or whatever 40 and, and, and juking guys like that, and uh,
3: it's a lot. I just, I mean, the ankle injury alone itself, it was like a swollen balloon. I was like, man, it's going to be a while before he comes back from that. But I, here's my thing, though, Key. The Bucks haven't really looked like themselves. And I know we always talk about what their injury update is. But the one thing I do know is that the Giants have had a, a pretty good track record of making games ugly. Like, I've seen it, which keeps them in the game. Yeah. So, so they just gra- did it to the Raiders. Exactly. So, granted, that, that you know, intimidating run defense you got by the Bucks, but well, we know what that secondary is. I can see the Giants saying in this game if Daniel Jones is playing at a high clip. Like, I think this is an opportunity, Max, for Daniel Jones. I agree. Say like, hey, look, this is, this is what I could bring to the table. There have been questions around me. There have been questions around our team. We're healthy. We may not win the game because we're on the road, But this is what I could bring to the table, and this is how I can utilize my pieces. And I think as a Giants fan, I want to see that. Would I like for it to translate into a win? Of course. But if I could just see it clicking and working, knowing what our defense is getting better, I'm like, okay, we're moving in the right direction. Well, I just think
0: of the styles matchup. Like what you and Key are talking about is right. You'd make it an ugly game. How have the Giants typically had success against Brady? It's not even just getting pressure off the edges. Usually it's collapsing the pocket with the interior defensive linemen, not giving them a place to step up getting pressure on him, controlling the clock. But Saquon Barkley's not a control the clock type back. The Giants' defense, while it's good and getting better, is not a get-the-pressure-on-the-quarterback type of defense. Yeah. It's like, to me, Key, in a weird way, it sets up as a, like, as a game, if not a, an outright shootout, as a game where the Giants are going to have to get the ball down the field with regularity.
2: Yeah, they, they can. The problem is though, the Bucks front seven and the Giants offensive line is not great. And the Bucks front seven is doesn't typically get to the passer much. I mean Every now and then, Sue will get through. Vita Vance not getting through. You know, JPP's coming around the edge. Shaq Baird's coming around the edge. Every now and then, they bring Devin White, who's a closer, who's ridiculously as a closer. They bring him out of the second wave and, and do some things there to get to the quarterback. So I can I can see where Ty Bowles is going to dial up a lot of exotic things to confuse Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett by way of – Blitzing guys and holding up on the back end is kinda like prove it to us that you have the ability to throw the football down the field to take advantage of our secondary who had, that hasn't been strong all season long. Now I don't know that they'll be able to do that if that pressure comes to bear. That's but, the thing though no key
3: too, cause right, like you think about Daniel Jones, he's only through he's only thrown five interceptions on the season. But he only has eight touchdowns on the season. Yeah, by the right? way. And they have one of the worst red zone offenses in the league. What, here's, here's an underrated return,
0: because everyone's focusing on Saquon Barkley, is Andrew Thomas. Now, it seemed like they reached for him in the draft. They had a very high pick. They took him first of all the offensive linemen. It looked like every, all the other offensive linemen were better. But – Left tackle is a skills position. Like, those guys don't always hit the ground running. Thomas has gotten better and better and better, and now he's been hurt, and now he's likely to play tonight.
3: Now, watch you say that, and it's going to be like the, the most yeah. amount of times Daniel Jones
0: has been sacked. Four sacks stairs. against Dan, oh. uh, with Andrew Thomas. But I, I do think, Key, that might make a difference.
2: Yeah, it, it, it might. I, I don't <laughs> know what's buying. It might. I don't even yeah, know, don't even know how to even sell you to make you feel good. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. Yeah. it might. Who knows? You know, you guys should jump on a jet and go down there and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you got your jet ready? I'll jump on you it jump if on you send your key. jet.
3: You jump on that air yeah, key. Yeah, air
2: key.
0: I'll jump right on air key. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you, got no, out, you got the toes out today. You got the
2: toes out, 75 degrees, 80 degrees. Man, you, got, you know the bad thing about coming out here and coming from there, the weather. Mm, 15 you know, we kind of got this dry heat coming going a little bit. Yeah. It makes Low your Sierra. cuticles really dry. Low so Sierra. I got to go get my nails done later on the day. i will putting some in lotion, picks. man. Okay, go
0: get your nails, nails done. Picks.
3: Nails done, toes
0: dead. We're back tomorrow morning, 6 Eastern. This Keyshawn, is. J. Will and Max. Greeny next on ESPN Radio. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast.